You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. Our fall life group session is fast approaching. Turn your interest into a group for others to attend. If you consider leading a life group or want to know more about what it takes, attend one of the life group leader orientation sessions August 7th or August 14th at 7 p.m. We'll give you the essential tools to make your small group successful, such as leadership training, support during the small group semester, and a directory where you can register your group so others can easily find it. If you already know you'd like to start a group, register your group at intlfamilychurch.com and attend one of the orientation sessions August 7th or August 14th at 7 p.m. Now here's today's message. Ever since we had our worship Sunday, it's about five weeks ago, you know, we've done several of these throughout the, the year, and each Sunday we come and we just spend the whole time worshiping God, spending time with God, praying over specific needs in your life. And that particular Sunday, if you recall, uh, we were praying for family needs. Those of us that were up front praying for you, man, we were never so moved by the battles that you're going through. We were never so moved. I tell you, we were so moved to compassion, moved to tears as we heard the, the fight that you were in, the challenge that you were in, the overwhelming nature of what you were facing in your family, in your bodies, in your finances. And it, and it really challenged each one of us. And I've been meditating on a message since that, that worship Sunday that I want to give to you today. I believe it's one of those messages that are just well-timed. You know, we, we get involved in series and we plan out a year, you know, and we plan out months in advance of certain series that are going to come. And, and I have two parts today that feel like it's just inserted into real life that we're all going through. We, we want you to come to church and not just get some pie in the sky, you know, and, and, and nothing that you can't apply when you walk out these double doors. We always endeavor to be very relevant and authentic and in real life um, experience so that when you leave those double doors today, that you can leave with some ammo, you can leave with some strategy, you can leave with some very important things today. The Bible makes it very clear that each of us are running in the race, and each of us are fighting the fight of faith. So today I want to help you run and fight more effectively. So something each of us as believers need to understand today. What many of you don't know and what others of you need to be reminded of today, that the day you gave your life to Christ, the day you decided to be a follower of Christ, the Lord gave us a promise for each one of us that has our name on it, a promise that we must always be aware of and understand. And I want to tell you what that promise is, and actually it's going to be our big takeaway for today. It's what I want to unpack for you today. And here it is. Um, If you will be bold enough to stand your ground, God will see to it that no matter how difficult it may become, He will help you each step of the way and ultimately enable you to finish victoriously. This is God's promise. And the verse that really backs this up is the verse that really is the promise found in Philippians. It says this in Philippians 1.6, says, Now I am certain. Say that with me. Say, I am certain. I am certain. 
There needs to be a certainty about your life, a certainty that you have in your heart, a certainty, a no-so faith. It's something that you will not be denied from, something that you take to the bank, something that no matter how much hell breaks loose against you, how many missiles fall, fly, and how many bombs drop, and how crazy life gets, and what kind of news you hear, and what blows your mind, so to speak, to say, what? I can't believe that just happened, and I, I didn't sign up for this. You need to have a certainty in your heart. And here it is. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That's a promise. That's a promise you take to the bank. That's a promise that you stand your ground with. That's a promise that you cause you to stand up tall in the midst of the worst hell that's happening in your life. See, all of us have to understand today that, um, that we are, each of us, who are here in the room watching online, there's something every one of us have in common. We are somewhere between amen and there it is. Right? That's not rocket science. We are someplace in this continuum where you said amen to something God promised you. You said amen to a dream in your heart. You said amen to that new business. You said amen to that family. You said amen to that marriage. You said amen to God's promise for your life. And you had a witness in your heart, this is God. This belongs to me. This is mine. And you are somewhere in this journey before it manifests. Some of you just started your journey. Some of you are stuck in the middle of this journey in some overwhelming situation in your life. Some of you are so close you don't even realize you're almost right there to a there it is, your answer to what you're going through. So no matter where you find yourself, this message applies to every one of us today because we are all in that place believing God. We're all in that place where we're putting our trust in Him. We're all in that place where we're finally realizing, I don't have what it takes. I, I can't make this stuff happen. I work hard. I, I work lots of hours. I try my best to provide for my family. But at some point, we all got to come to a place where we realize that we need God in every area of our lives. Amen. Amen. It's not too long ago, this became very real to me. I was in a I was on a long flight. It was long to begin with. And if you fly, you know, man, delays after delay. Um, we were stuck on the tarmac for two hours. And I'm like, all right already. I don't want to read my book anymore. I don't want to watch the video any longer, longer that I downloaded. And when it comes to that, you get desperate and you want to pass the time. The, the, for me, the, the last thing I want to do is take out the magazine in the pocket in front of me and read it. Anybody else like that? You might be the first person that reads, first thing you read, it's the last thing I want to read, is the magazine on the airplane. So here we are in hour one, not knowing I have another hour to sit on the tarmac, my favorite thing to do. <laughs> and I open up the magazine, and I start going through it, and it, I came across this article about running marathons. I thought, how interesting. And, and some of the headlines caught my attention. A little disclosure today, I've never run a marathon. I never want to run a marathon. 
I never will run a marathon, okay? And for you who have run marathons, props, um, deep respect, my utmost respect for you who have, who have taken on that uh, adventure and done it and it succeeded, God bless you. Um, amen. It's just, that's not me. However, the more I read the article, believe it or not, the more intrigued I got by the article, and I actually began to relate to the article. And you're thinking, what? You don't even run marathons. How in the world could you relate to the article? Well, uh, I, I realized that, man, this was so good. I began to write down the points. Now, my wife was in the first service, so I told on her, anytime she sees an article in one of those magazines, she rips it out. <laughs> so I kind of threw her under the bus in the first service, and she didn't talk to me between services, so what can I say? Um, that's not the first time or the last time it'll happen. Um, so I didn't rip it out. I thought of her and I said, if she was here, she would just ripped out the article. I mean, I guess that's what you're allowed to do. I, I don't know. Um, no judgment, I guess, but I, it's too late for that. Um, so I wrote the points down because I thought, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to use this in a message. It was that good. And guess what? That day has arrived. Found the notes. I thought, man, this just fits perfect in this introduction today. So as marathon runners know, there are certain walls that you hit at key parts of the race when you're running your marathon. And I said I began to, to, to um, realize and relate to this because, man, they are some of the same walls you and I hit when we're running our race. We're in a race. We're fighting a good fight. We're there. There's no doubt about it. And the more I read these articles and the more I saw these points, I thought, man, this applies to all of us. And so they identified in this article the wall. What is the wall? The wall, that intimidating barrier that blocks you from running as hard as you want in key stages of the race. Which one of us could relate to that? Right. In our race. There's always times, man, things are going smooth and we're, we're making progress and we're feeling fulfilled and goals are being reached and dreams are being fulfilled. And then there are times we hit these walls, these barriers, these intimidating barriers that try to what? Slow down our progress, detour us, get us off the track and get us on some noble path while it's very much the wrong path. And we, we hit these barriers um, when we're running after what God has put on the inside of us. And so I want to quickly go through these three walls that not only marathon runners hit, but any one of us that understand we're running a race. We are busy at what God wants us to do. So the first wall is, number one, we run out of strength. We run out of strength. It says this, this is the muscle glycogen wall. Glycogen is a carbohydrate that's stored in your muscles and liver uh, for the purpose of energy. And when glycogen gets low, your brain uh, shuts down, um, goes into an activity called preservation mode, which leads oftentimes to negative thoughts and a lack of strength. So what happens here is I want to run this race. I have a desire to run this race, but I'm not strong enough. I'm I, I'm losing strength 
to really be able to run this race. And maybe it's happened to you during your race where it's so overwhelming and you don't feel like you have the strength at this stage. And what happens oftentimes is, is we say, I'm done with this race. I, I really want to be more comfortable. I want to run a race that's more convenient. And, and, and we have to know that God never calls us to comfort and convenience. God calls us beyond comfort and beyond convenience. Because he knows what's in store for us. He knows what's around the bend. And he knows how comfort won't get us there. And how convenience won't get us there. The second wall that they listed was, we run out of desire. So not only now are you out of strength, now you don't, you're out of desire. And, and this is called the blood glucose wall. And where we get our blood sugar levels will we'll bottom out and our brain checks out. Confusion sets in. And this overwhelming feeling of wanting to quit takes over. I can't do this. I'm tired. I'm done. And so this happens in all of us in many environments that we are busy trying to go after God's dream and God's plan. The third wall that they listed was we run out of vision. And they call this the everything wall. Everything hits you at the same time. Dehydration sets in. The body begins to shut down. Now you're questioning your sanity. Now you're second-guessing yourself. I didn't train enough. I'm not good enough. What was I thinking that I could actually do this? This is a bad idea. Uh, this is harder than I thought it would be. And the, the runner loses his or her focus and sight of the bigger picture. And so when we are running our race, I could see this, that, that many times we lose sight of what God is doing in our lives. We still lose sight of what we said amen to. We lose sight of the bigger picture. We lose sight and we really think and say, I, I really thought I heard from God, but I guess I didn't. And I, I had hoped that my life circumstance would change by now, but they haven't. I, I believe God that he was a miracle worker. And where is it? And I, I can't live this Christian life. Obviously, I don't have what it takes. I'm not like those other Christians. I can't do this. I'm not that good. I, I can't run this race. And all these real-life walls hit us at the same time while we are running our race. Can anybody appreciate what I've said so far? Every one of us are there. Every one of us are there. You might be there right now. Maybe you've been there or you're on your way there. But we need to understand, what do we do when we hit these walls? We understand, how do we successfully overcome these things and so that we don't stop reaching out for God's highest and best? It's easy to let the best go, settle for the good, settle for average. At least I'm better than where I was. And it's easy to let go of the big dream. It's easy to settle for this. And, and this wouldn't be so bad, but you realize it's too late. God's already put something bigger in you. There are bigger seeds in you. You got a glimpse of the big thing that God has for you. And so because of that, you realize, man, I, I'd be compromising if I did that. It would, it, would be, it would be great, and man, it sounds like fun, but it necessarily would not be God's highest and best. So other than Jesus, one of the greatest finishers in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. Paul was highly educated, extremely idealistic. He was consumed with his hatred for Christians, and he systematically had the ability to make sure that he would oversee as many Christians being killed as possible. But that wonderful news is that his life didn't end there. 
It's a wonderful redemption story because he had an encounter with the Lord. He had an encounter with Jesus. And because of that encounter, his life was transformed. Amen. And Paul's final words, uh, we have the privilege of reading that because of his redemptive story, God put something in him, enabling him to run his race successfully and to fight his fight of faith successfully. Let's read those words this morning. What did Paul know that we need to know as we run our race, as we fight our fight of faith? It says this in 2 Timothy 4, 6 and 7. For I am already being poured out, Paul says, like a drink offering. The time of my departure is near. He's saying, I've lived a long life. My life is about over now. But I want you to listen up because through this life of mine, I learned a few things. And I want to pass that wisdom on to you. And he said this he goes on to say, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. How many of those are awesome three statements that we need to understand today? I look up that word finish, and uh, it has a unique meaning. It's the Greek word, the finish is the Greek word teleos. Here's what it means. It means, it means to complete. Well, what I thought was unique about it, it means you wanted a specific end result, and this is what you did to achieve those results. I've told you many times, miracles don't happen by accident. Miracles happen on purpose. Miracles happen because you did something, said something, believed something, right? Stood your ground for something. Now, God's a merciful God. He can do whatever he wants to do anytime he wants to do it, right? Absolutely. But as soon as you have a little bit of experience as a Christian, he really expects you to use your faith. He expects you to do something. He expects you to be responsible. He expects you to realize if you're going to want this miracle, if you want this end result in your family, this end result in your finances, this end result in your health, this end result in your business, then there are certain specific things you need to do so you can have that end result. And that's what this word finished means. If you look up the word, it was, it was something I, I realized that, that, that when I looked up this word, Telios, there's a root of the word tell, and it's a, the best picture that this reference book told me, um, told us as I read it, that the best way to explain that word is the picture of a marine telescope. I thought, okay. I read along further, and I said, okay, Lord, what does that mean, a marine telescope? Well, it's amazing what you can find on Amazon. So I went to Amazon, and guess what I found? A marine telescope. You are so smart. I found a marine telescope, and I have in my hands today a marine telescope. And I thought, okay, what does this mean? Why is the root word tell telling us about a marine telescope? Amen. So let me tell you what this means. It's important that we get started in the right direction as we run our race. So it's important that we take a specific step. And when you take that first specific step in your journey, you begin now to say, okay, I, I, I want to see clearer. I, I want to understand what in the world is going on. But you don't stop there. You take another specific step. And it's in that specific step that now suddenly you're even able to see a little clearer and a little farther. 
But you don't stop there, and you realize that you need to take another specific step. And in those specific steps, suddenly you really now begin to see clearly. I guess you got to wake that guy up over there. Um, <laughs> sir, I don't know who you are, but it's time to wake up. I uh, hope you enjoyed your snooze. And uh, yeah, you got a little something going on over there. Okay. Um, anyways. So I thought, well, what is this referring to, that, that we would begin to see clearer and farther? See, when the bombs are dropping, and when the smoke is in the air, and when you're overwhelmed by life, it's important that you see a glimpse of the finish line. And God's Word paints pictures for us about your health, and about your money, and about your family, and about your prosperity, and about the things that God has for you. See, if you're not careful, you would have quit right here. Here you'd be tempted with discouragement to quit. Here you're, you're, you're tempted because you're so overwhelmed to say, man, I, I can't do this. I don't know how I'm going to finish, not only at the end of my life, but just this season, just this overwhelming situation that I'm going through. And so the marine telescope was that through the fog and through the storm that you'd get a glimpse beyond what you're going through. What you're going through is not the end result. You're on your way somewhere. You want to finish. You want to get where you got to go, where God promised you and your family, you belong it. So the marine telescope says, okay, I, man, I can see through that fog. And yeah, that healing does belong to me. Yes. Getting out of debt is God's plan. Having restoration in my marriage, yeah, that's what God wants. And so when you get a glimpse of it, you realize, man, I'm so glad I didn't quit. I'm so glad I didn't get discouraged or overwhelmed and let it stop me because, because I got a glimpse of something and I'll never be the same. And now what happens when you get that glimpse, you are now committed to be a finisher. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Well, we can learn from a simple marine telescope recognizing how we can finish our race and how we can understand today the importance of God's plan and not give up and recognize when you are committed to be a finisher. See, I learned years ago, I don't want to be just a starter. I want to be a finisher. I told the Lord when the church was like six months old, I said, I don't want to be a shooting star. I don't want to be a, a, a flash in the pan. I don't want to be where Jonathan Burnbright for a little while. Anybody know where he is today? So I said, Lord, I want to be a finisher. The blessing comes to the finisher, not the starter. We could do a whole message on that right now, couldn't we? But I won't step on any many toes. That garage project, that closet, that dirty car. Anyways, I told you I wouldn't go there, so I won't go there. Amen. You're committed to finish. This is what finishing well means. Finishing well is the accumulation of small specific steps heading in the right direction. That's how we finish. It's one step at a time, a specific choice that we made. Amen. And Paul shows us some specific steps here that we should be making. And he gives us these three simple steps to help us finish well and finish strong. You want to know what those steps are? Yeah. Number one, amen. The first step is the specific step, run toward the fight. Run toward the fight. Amen. I was uh, in a situation where uh, several people, uh, members and partners of our church, were both got terrible life-threatening news. 
I was talking to them and called them and, and was on the phone with them. And, and this one particular gentleman, I was on the phone quite a while. And man, life-threatening news and didn't give him much hope or much time to live. And, and, and so the news was, and, and he was so overwhelmed. I don't know if I have this pastor. I don't know if I can stand and fight. I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know that much. And I'm overwhelmed. And, and I don't want to die. And I, I don't want to leave my wife and leave our small children. And, and I, I don't want to... I don't want to go anywhere. And so I'm praying for him and ministering to him and encouraging him. And out of my heart came those words. I called him by his name. I said, you need to run to the fight. We don't hide from the fight. We don't, we don't, we don't cringe from the fight. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't go and say, I'm done and, and just live any old way we want to and, and let whatever um, report that it says be the end result? Absolutely not. I told him you need to run to the fight. And Paul said, I have fought the good fight. Have you ever wondered what the good fight is? I believe the good fight is the one that I win. Can we all just agree this morning that the fight you win is a good one? Can we also agree today that the fight we don't win is a bad one? This isn't rocket science. Amen. The good fight of faith is the one I win. Amen. The good fight of faith is the one you win. It's the one you took on. It's the one you said, I'll not be denied. It's the one you said, man, you better back off, devil. Amen. You did your little Alamo thing. This town isn't big enough for the two of us. Right? And you know, and you recognize, and you have that mind made up. This happened early in our marriage. Four years of hell on earth when we got married. I mean, this marriage was going down the tubes. This marriage was headed for the divorce court. This marriage was like, we, it, it was just a matter of time before it died. Absolutely. But we made up our mind. We were not going to quit. And we purposed in our heart to run to the fight. We purposed in our heart, we're going to fight for this marriage. Two babies, they're not going to grow up without having both their mother and their father. It was early on when three specialists told my wife that she would never be able to have a baby. And we ran to the fight. We stood our ground. The only thing I knew to do back in the day was to say what God said. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. And the fourth specialist we went to, she was pregnant and didn't know it. And Jay was born. And time and time again, we Del Turcos had to run to the fight. We had to run to the fight when Verna got that death notice and almost died on us. We had to run and we had to stand our ground. And we fought for our family. We fought for our children's destinies. We fought for our grandchildren's health. Man, we fought through seasons of, of doubt and insecurity. We fought through the seasons of failure being spoken over us. We fought over 37 years. We've been fighting for you and your family, and we are still fighting for you. Amen. I might be a little Italian, but I know how to fight. Amen. I know how to fight. I know how to stand and believe God for what belongs to me, what belongs to us, what belongs to you, what belongs to our families, what God has in store for us. Absolutely. 1 Samuel 17, reread a famous story in the Bible of David and Goliath. I don't have time to go through the whole thing, so you need to read 1 Samuel 17. And we know that there were two armies on one hill and an army on the other hill. And the armies of Israel, the armies of the Philistines, were on both sides of the hill. And 
one of their champions, the Philistine army, would come out day and night and challenge the armies of God, the Israelite armies, to be to fight their fight. So often back time, in that time of the day, they wouldn't fight army against army. They would fight champion against champion. Whoever won or lost would be the slave or the owners of the other. And so that particular day, 40 days of this has gone by, where a man named Goliath, over nine feet tall, would come out and he would challenge the armies of Israel. And what were they doing? They weren't praying. They weren't fasting. They weren't like strategizing. They were hiding. They were in fear for their lives. The 40th day, young David is sent by his father to come and bring supplies to his brothers who were in the battle. And young David hears Goliath taunting um, the armies of God. Man, he gets ticked off. He gets angry. He just came from shepherding his sheep, and he came out of a place of worship. Man, this guy was pumped up. He was ready to go. He was full of God, and he had killed the lion and the bear, and he had thought, no way, why are you guys hiding? And his older brother Eliab got on this case, and he's the one who should be facing Goliath, and on and on it goes, and they tried to give him um, Saul's armor. That didn't work, but he understood. He perfected his gift, and it was he was he could throw that rock out of a sling with his right hand and with his left hand, and he had deadly accuracy, and he knew the Spirit of God was upon him. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 1748, Goliath started to move nearer to David to attack him. David ran quickly towards Goliath to fight against him. He did something all the armies weren't doing. He did something nobody else wanted to do. He got beyond his comfort zone. He got beyond what he's never faced before. I mean, he's nine feet tall. His helmet of bronze weighed 10 to 12 pounds. His coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. The spearhead on his end of his spear weighed 15 pounds. Wow. But Daniel pressed and ran to the fight. In spite of family ridicule, in spite of all the confusion, in spite of all the junk, in spite of all the uh, things that were against him, his age, and, and, and the doubt of everybody else thinking oh, he's going to you know, be food for the crows today. Amen. But what or who are the Goliaths in your life? What's intimidating you? What report have you heard? What are you facing What's going on in your body? What's going on in your mind? What mental health challenge? What depression and anxiety and, 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 and dark thoughts that are going on with you? What dark business is going on in your house? What Goliath is happening to you? Amen. And we need to learn and listen from this because uh, when you know God has promised you something that belongs to you and you haven't seen the fulfillment of it yet, you need to refuse to be denied and you need to run towards the fight. Run towards the fight. Come on, you can clap better than that. Run towards the fight. Listen very carefully. For every Goliath that stands in your way, there's a spirit of David that rises up within you, enabling you to run toward your fight. Amen. Are you facing a Goliath today? Well, that means there's obviously, you wouldn't be facing that as a child of God if there wasn't already in you a spirit of David that needs to rise up and run after your Goliath. Amen. And not back down. Amen. No giant would ever stand your ground if you didn't also have what it takes. Amen. To run toward the fight. Oh, that's so good. 
Second example, I'll go through these really quickly. Number two, run in your purpose. Run in your purpose. You need to understand and believe that, that we're all in the race. It's a specific race we've all been designed for. Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses. Those that have gone on before us are cheering us on to run our race to the life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I can't get into that part. That's so good right there on that message in itself. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Amen. Every day, you need to wake up with an awareness that God has handmade a race that you're supposed to run. It's called purpose. Purpose is the race I run. Purpose is the race you win, you run. It's our purpose. It's what God saw from the beginning of time that you were destined to accomplish, that you have a purpose in your heart, amen, and it will stand the test of time, and it will never be defeated as long as you continually put your trust in Him. And my purpose is much more important than my feelings and my comforts, amen. It's much more important than the people that are distracting you, the people that are tearing you down. And if you're in any kind of relationship, or any person, place, or thing that's in the way of your purpose, you need to kick them to the curb. You need to disconnect today. Anyone who's trying their best to hinder your walk with God. It could be your schedule, the books we read, the movies we watch, the internet sites we visit. Amen. Hebrews 12.3 says, Jesus didn't finish for a trophy. He finished for an example. Every time I win, it's an example that you can win. Every time you win, it's an example that you can win too. Anytime somebody you know gets through it and overcomes, it's an example to us. Amen. It's reality. This can be done. And last but not least, number three, amen, the specific step we can take is run with full faith. Run with full faith. Paul said, I kept the faith. What does that mean? That means you and I are going to have plenty of opportunities to give up. We have plenty of opportunities to quit the race. Plenty of opportunities to doubt God's word. Plenty of opportunities to go back to our old life, the old version of ourselves, to say, I'm not cut out for this new version. I can't live like this. I'm, I'm not good enough for this. And it's in those moments that Jesus encourages us. It's in those moments that Paul encourages us to keep the faith. Amen. Some of you have been through the fight of your life, and others of you are, are already right there today in the fight of your life. Crossroads, hitting all these walls. Amen. I'm running out of strength. I'm running out of desire. I'm running out of vision. But thank God for Mark 10, 27. It says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible. See, what you're going through, if it's only viewed through the lens of your feelings, your abilities, your circumstances, what you can do, what, how much money you can make, how, how strong you are, um, what, what kind of mind you have, if that's all you can think of, and, and you're looking at it only through your ability and strength, feelings and emotions, yes, it is impossible. But the good news is that the Word of God goes on to say, last part of that verse, but not with God. Say it with me. 
everything. Say everything. Everything, everything is possible with who? God. Everything. Say everything. everything. You mean that doctor's report? Yeah, everything. You mean what I just heard from my husband? Yeah, everything. You mean that thing that busted up my heart? Yeah, everything. You mean that thing that happened so many years ago that's coming back to haunt me now? Everything. Say everything. Everything. There's not one thing in your life, there's not one thing that you're going through today that if you'll put your trust in God today, if you'll stand your ground between your amen and there it is, if you'll look further and farther than you've ever done before, if you'll have a mind made up to finish and a mind made up to run towards your race and to fulfill your purpose and to be full of faith today, I'm telling you, you will absolutely overcome every day. You have the finish line in mind and, and it has purpose. It has passion. It has promise. And remember what our big takeaway was. Our big takeaway at the end was if you will be bold enough to stand your ground, God will see to it that no matter how difficult it may become, he will help you each step of the way and ultimately enable you to finish victoriously. How many believe God's word today? Come on, stand to your feet with me today. And let's do that one more time. Let's give God honor today for his word. We bless you, Father. We magnify you. Oh, hallelujah. Come on with your open mouth today. Give God praise for just a moment. Tell him how much you love him today. Don't be silent. He's too good for us to be silent. He's too good for us to not declare what he says, what he loves us. He cares for you today. He's for you, and he's not against you. Amen. And that giant doesn't stand a chance. Doesn't stand a chance as you put your trust in God today. As you purpose in your heart, Father, from now on, I'm running towards my fight. I'm not quitting. I'm not backing down. I'm not letting go. How dare you, devil, try to steal my family and steal my health and steal my money and steal my purpose and steal my destiny. Not on my watch. Not today, devil. And that's the made-up mind that we have. And what we believe here at IFC, that we can do this and we can do this together in Jesus' name. With every head bowed, please. My time is up today. I pray this message touched your heart. I pray to encourage you today. I pray that you understood today God's heart. And sometimes we just have to get aggressive. I learned years ago that when your faith loses its aggressiveness, carnality sets in. Faith needs to stay aggressive. Faith needs to stay bold. Faith needs to stay strong. We can't be who cares attitude. Whatever. We'll just go with the flow. No. That's how people die prematurely. That's how people lose their kids and lose their marriage and lose God's highest and best. You got to say, not on my watch. In Jesus' name. With every head bowed, please. I want to pray for you today. This journey starts by saying yes to Jesus. The spirit of David comes by saying yes to David. Yes to Jesus. The spirit of fight and I'll not back down comes by knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. Jesus wants to live in your heart today. He wants to forgive you from your sin today. He wants to give you the assurance of heaven today. 
He wants it to be your strength today. He doesn't want you to do this on your own. Heaven's real. And Jesus wants you to overcome in this earth by taking that step towards Jesus today. You say, Pastor, I need him. Pray for me, please. I'm going to ask you in a moment to raise your hand, not to embarrass you or not to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to do any of those. I want you to acknowledge intentionally your own need. I need him, and here's by an act of my own will. I receive him today with an upraised arm. You say, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me, please. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high so I can see today I need you, Jesus. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I see it all the way in the back. Thank you. God bless you. Here in the the middle. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Yeah, I see it. Thank you. Good for you. Yeah, over here to my right. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I see it. Ma'am, thank you. Good for you. Wow, all the way back there. Thank you, sir. God bless you today. Who else? Wow. Spirit of God's in this room today. His love is here today. We sang about it. Yes, I see it. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Yeah, thank you, ma'am. Good for you. Behind you, yeah, good for you. I see it. God bless you. Yeah, I see it. Thank you. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah, sir, God bless you. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. (laughs) Oh, the looks on your faces, the tears in your eyes. Dear Jesus, what God is doing in this room today encouraging you and strengthening you. Aren't you glad you came to church today? Aren't you glad you heard the word of the Lord today? Absolutely. God knows what you're going through. God knows what's happening. He cares about you. You're significant to him. You're his son, his daughter. Are you kidding? He's moved by what you go through. He's moved by your heart today. He's moved by the battle that you are facing today. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you that say, Pastor, I'm facing a giant. Wow. I never thought I'd be in this place. I'm facing a giant, and I am grateful. I need God's help today. I am ready to do this God's way and make specific steps to have the right end result. I'm not going to let this giant defeat me. I'm going to be victorious in my family. If that's you, raise your hand today. Yeah, all over, right? all over the room today. Absolutely. Each one of us have that giant that we're facing no matter what it is. And God will be true to his word today. Let's all pray this prayer together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. Oh, I need you. I'm tired of being my own boss. I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me for my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you. You're the boss of me now. I surrender under your lordship. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, eternal life. I'll never be the same. I will not back down from my giant. I will not run and hide. I will run by faith, full of God's word, making my stand. Back off, devil. Giant, you must fall. 
You will not intimidate me another day. I walk in victory. Jesus is my Lord. And I'll not give up. My trust is in you. Victory belongs to my house. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times or how you can get involved, please visit intlfamilychurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can help us do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.